Hey folks, I'm Pastor Larry Cole and this is Torchbearers. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, I'm really excited about our topic of discussion. What I'm going to talk about today is how to increase the anointing. How to increase the anointing. So let's start here. Uh, in 1 John chapter 2 it says, Beloved, you have an anointing. And it says, because you have this anointing, you don't have any need for any man to teach you, but the anointing will teach you. So what it's saying there is the anointing is the Holy Spirit. So as Jesus was a rabbi in his day and he had disciples that would follow him, he told the disciples, he said, I'm going to send another, another what? Another rabbi, another teacher. I'm going to send another one who will teach you, who will comfort you, who will show you the, the secrets of the kingdom. And he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. So this anointing goes all the way back to creation. I believe that when God spoke to Adam and commanded him, I want you to uh, subdue the earth, I want you to take dominion over it, that on that day God was blessing Adam. When God spoke that blessing upon Adam, the anointing for Adam to accomplish what God had told him to do came upon him. All right. Shortly after uh, Adam gained Eve, his helpmate, uh, we know the story, they fell into sin, they sinned, uh, they were disobedient to God, they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When God finally caught up with Adam uh, later that evening, um, Adam was hiding from him and God said, Adam, why are you hiding? And Adam said, because I'm naked. So. I don't think it was before his fallen state that Adam uh, was naked. I think he was clothed in the anointing. He was clothed in the Holy Spirit. The, these were the garments of righteousness that Adam and Eve both were wearing. So when they sinned, they lost the anointing and they became naked before God. So what is the reason for the anointing? The reason for the anointing is for the will of God to be assigned to a person or even to an item for that person to accomplish the will of God. So for example, in the tabernacle of Moses, um, God told Moses, I want you to make the tabernacle, I want you to make the furniture, I want you to make all these, these items, uh, shovels, um, um, pots and pans and different things. And he said, of each one of these items, I want you to anoint them with oil. And when you anoint them, I will declare them to be holy. So now that these items are holy, they can be used for service unto God. So let's fast forward about 1500 years. Uh, we see the life of Jesus. So Jesus came to the Jordan River. John the Baptist identified him to everyone. He yelled, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus was baptized that day. When he came up out of the water, they heard a voice from heaven. Some thought it was thunder. And then the Holy Spirit rested upon Jesus. So Jesus was driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. He went through 40 days of temptation. And then his first um, um, day out of the wilderness, he went into a synagogue on the Sabbath 
and as was tradition, they brought this, the, the scroll, they brought the scripture and set it before him, and he turned to Isaiah and he began to read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he listed the things that he was anointed to do. So the question is, who anointed Jesus? When was he anointed? So when we get anointed, we are anointed for service. We are anointed to be known as holy. We are anointed for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. So who anointed Jesus? There's no record of anyone anointing him. Well, in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 10, it says that it was God the Father who anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Okay, so the anointing is the Holy Spirit and the anointing is necessary to do what God has called you to do on the earth. And I'll let every one of you know, we are all called to do more on the earth than what we think than what we realize, than what we give credit to ourselves and what we're giving credit to the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, you are called to be a leader in the body of Christ and in this nation. I know that you are. I know when I look at the church at large, I see a people who are lacking faith, lacking hope, lacking true love, the love of the Father that would lay down its life for another. I see a church that's lacking humility. I especially see a church that's lacking the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, all these people are not answering the call of God on their life. Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. Well, the more people that, that refuse the calling, the more there is the need for leaders to raise up in the body of Christ. So it's just like in the time of Jesus, after the day of Pentecost, uh, Acts chapter 4, John and, and Peter were going to the temple to pray, and they healed the lame man at the door. And it says that when, when they got arrested for doing these works in the name of Jesus, it was known that they were Galileans. And they thought, well, who are these Galileans to teach such a thing, to do such a, a, a thing? And they said, under the unction, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are of Jesus. We are his disciples. And in fact, it was said that they knew that these men had been with Jesus. Why? Because they could see the anointing on them. They knew they were convicted in their hearts as the Holy Spirit was speaking through them. So every one of us, again, 1 John chapter 2 says, Beloved. Who is the beloved? Beloved means I am one who receives the love of the Father, and in return I am giving that love back to him. I'm not only loved, I know that, but I am the beloved. I am giving the love of the Father back to him. So just like when Jesus came up out of the water, the Father said, This is my beloved Son. This is my Son who has received my love and is loving me back. And he said, In my Son I am well pleased. When the Father spoke those words, his words anointed Jesus and the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and he was now empowered to do good works. So the same way with us. So today I'm going to talk about how to increase the anointing. 
we all have a level of anointing. We all have the ability to be witnesses for Christ. We have the ability to read the scriptures and gain understanding. We all have the ability to lay hands on the sick, see them recover, cast out demons, etc. God is wanting to move in greater levels and depths in your life. Listen to me. God is wanting to move in your life in greater depths and greater levels of anointing. So how do I get a greater level of anointing? It comes through revelation. So let's go back to your original anointing. When you got born again, God anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power. That day you received the circumcision of heart and the Word of God penetrated your soul and the Holy Spirit came in right behind it and took up residence in you. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are where He resides. At that exact moment you were anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. So where did this anointing come from? How did it begin? It began when you got a revelation of Jesus Christ. When you got the revelation that God has come in the flesh, He has laid His crown and His robe, His throne aside 2,000 years ago, and He stepped down from heaven and put on flesh and became as one of us and lived a sinless life. So He was not guilty of anything, yet it was my sins that nailed Him to the cross. And, and the day you got that revelation of the suffering Savior, because of the revelation that you got, you were born again and the anointing came upon you. So how do we increase the anointing? We increase it by revelation. How do I get revelation? By the Holy Spirit. So, I'm going to lay this out according to the Tabernacle of Moses, just so we can get a picture of how this outlay is, so that we can gain a better understanding. So, in the Tabernacle of Moses, it was divided pretty much into three parts. We had the outer court, and then we have the holy place, and then the holy of holies. The outer court was in the open air. It contained two items. One was the altar. On this altar, the sacrifices were killed and laid on the fire and consumed by the fire for this to cover the sins of the person that offered that sacrifice. The other item, as you move towards the holy place, in the courtyard, it was the laver. It was a huge bowl and it was filled with water and this was the place to wash yourself from the dirt of this earth and get it off of you. So then you would go into the holy place. This was inside the tent you had a covering and you had walls. To the left would have been the lampstand, which represents the Word of God. To the right, you would have had the table of showbread. On that table of showbread, there was unleavened bread and there was wine. This speaks of intimacy with the Lord. Also on that table was a, a chalice or a cup that held incense. And the priest would take that incense from that table and go to the altar of incense and burn that incense and it would fill the holy place with the fragrant smoke of worship and praise, thanksgiving and prayer. 
And then there was a veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And in the holy of holies was the Ark of the Covenant. Inside the Ark of the Covenant were the um, Ten Commandments that God engraved on stone. There was also the manna, a cup of manna that was given to the, to the, to the Israelites in the wilderness. Also in the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod that budded. So let's go back out to the tabernacle and let's talk about Revelation. The altar in the tabernacle, when you first walked in, here's the altar. There were a group of Levites that were anointed to work in the courtyard. They were anointed to keep wood on the fire, to keep the fire burning. God lit that fire supernaturally in the Old Testament and he told the Levites, don't ever let the fire go out. So there was a group of Levites. Their job was to feed the coals, to dig out the ashes so the coals wouldn't get smothered and to keep feeding it with more wood so that it would continue to burn. Those Levites also, their job was to sacrifice the animals that were brought on behalf of the men and the families of Israel to be offered unto God for their sins and their trespasses. So also in the courtyard was the laver with the water that the priests before going into the holy place, they would wash the dirt of the earth off of them. So the Levites in the courtyard were not only responsible for the altar, the sacrifices, the wood to keep the fire burning, they were also responsible to keep water in the labor. So these group of Levites were anointed for this job. When they were anointed with oil, anointing means to be smeared upon. When they were anointed with oil, they were declared that they were Levites, they were holy priests, and that gave them the, the responsibility to do what they did in the courtyard. That gave them this privilege. So the altar represents the cross of Christ. Whenever you come to the cross of Christ, you get born again, you see the Lamb of God that was slain for, the, for your sins, and as a result, the Holy Spirit comes into you, takes up residence, and you have an anointing. You can now work in the courtyard. You can now preach evangelism. You can preach salvation. Um, you can win people to Jesus. God can start using you to change your family, your friends, your co-workers, your community. You have this anointing to make a change in everybody around you. So then you come to the laver. The laver was to wash the dirt off of you. So this is com uh, com comparable to um, consecration. Consecration is getting the things of this world out of your life that are, are weighing you down, keeping you from moving forward with God. It might not necessarily be sin, but it's things that are taking up more of your time it may be uh, things that are occupying your mind. It may be things that your heart is set upon, which keep you from fulfilling the first and greatest commandment to love the Lord God with all your mind, all your strength, and all your heart. So this is the place of consecration. How do you get consecration? It comes by a revelation from the Holy Spirit to you. Hey, you've got this in your life and I want to deal with it. I want to get this off of you so that I can move you into greater depths of my anointing. 
So at salvation, the revelation brought the anointing to you. Then you went to the labor and the Holy Spirit began to show you, you've got some habits, you've got some things, you've got some desires in your life that are holding you back from moving forward with me. This is another revelation by the Holy Spirit. You have to get the revelation of consecration before you can be anointed to move into the holy place. All right, so hear me. You must be born again. You must come to the cross of Christ and receive his salvation to be anointed. Then you must come to the labor and get the revelation of consecration, the things of this world that you need to get out of your life in order to be anointed more so that you can move on and progress with the Lord. So again, both of these things come by revelation of the Holy Spirit and they both release an anointing upon you. Once you get consecrated in the Lord, you'll find that your witness is stronger, that the people that you're telling about Jesus, your words are penetrating their hearts more. When you speak about God's love, it's having more of an effect upon people. You've got a greater anointing. Now, just because we have moved beyond the altar and the labor doesn't mean we leave them behind, but it means we take them with us. I'll give you an example. How do I know that I've got true revelation from the Holy Spirit versus just understanding um, uh, things that I think God wants me to do? Revelation isn't just knowledge, but it creates a more Christ-like personality in us. So in junior high, I had a marketing teacher and she used to say, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. The Holy Spirit's not just here to teach us. When the Holy Spirit teaches us, it's not just for us to gain more knowledge. Yes, we do gain a knowledge and that knowledge is powerful, but until it becomes revelation, it does not change us. Friend, every revelation that the Holy Spirit gives us, He is revealing who Jesus is. And every time He's revealing who Jesus is, He's also revealing what Jesus does. And that revelation then makes us more like Jesus, more Christ-like, but it also empowers us to do what Jesus is doing. So that's how I know I've got revelation. So because I've come to the altar, the cross, because I've gone to the labor of consecration, I'm, I'm increasing in my anointing, now I can move into the holy place. Not all the Levites were allowed in the holy place. Only if they were anointed to a higher level were they then dressed in the garments that the higher level of priests would wear. You could tell which parts of the tabernacle the Levites were allowed in by the clothing that they were wearing. Each level came with more clothing. Each level came with a greater anointing. So if you saw a Levite just wearing the plain clothes, you knew this Levite is assigned to the courtyard, the altar, the sacrifice, the labor, the water. So once they got a greater anointing, they were able to go in now and they would light the lampstand. The lampstand had seven branches. The lampstand was filled with oil and it had wicks that would burn that oil. It wasn't candlesticks, it was lampstands that burnt with oil. So this represents the Word of God. It had seven branches 
And the word of God says, uh, David, the psalmist wrote, your word is um, like silver that has been refined seven times. So that means when you read a scripture verse and you get a revelation from that verse, number one, that revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. Number two, revelation increases the anointing upon you. And number three, there's now a progression. There's a deeper level to revelation. So let's say just John 3.16, you're reading it and suddenly you see something in that verse that you've never really noticed before. Even though it's very simple, you get a revelation and suddenly you have a better understanding of that verse. You have a better understanding of the Father, of the Father's love, of His Son. You have a better understanding and revelation of salvation. So now what do I do? Rather than just celebrating that revelation, I need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit because He's leading me into deeper revelations, even just in that one scripture verse. We've got to move into more revelation of the scripture by the Holy Spirit because that revelation increases the anointing. If there is a greater darkness coming upon the earth, a deep darkness upon the people, there's got to be a brighter light. How did the light in the tabernacle burn? It burnt by the oil that was put in the lampstand. So we can say that we are becoming the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is writing the Word upon our hearts and that Word is ignited and lit on fire because the oil of the anointing is beginning to flow. If you've only got a little bit of oil, you're only going to have a little bit of fire. So this also relates to the ten foolish virgins who they all had their lamps, um, they had their lamps and they fell asleep, but suddenly there was a cry, behold, the bridegroom cometh. This was the one that the bride had been waiting on. The ten awoke, they jumped up, and they ran to meet the bridegroom. Well, five of them realized we don't have enough oil to make it. So they asked the other five, will you give us some of your oil? And the five said, no. If we're afraid if we give you some of ours, we're not going to have enough. Where did those five wise virgins get their extra oil? They got it from dwelling and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. They got it from revelation of the bridegroom. And every time they would get a revelation of the bridegroom, they were given more anointing, which is more oil, and they were not found to be foolish virgins. Friends, we are headed to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and if you're not getting revelation from the Holy Spirit, you're not getting enough oil in your lamps to make it to the end. Now, let me say something too about revelation. I know there's a lot of teachings out there. I'm teaching this right now. What I'm teaching you is the revelation that I have received from the Holy Spirit. The things that I'm revealing to you are increasing my anointing. But that is not your revelation. So it's not that you can't gain something from my revelation, but it's not your revelation. What I'm here to do is to, is to encourage those that are 
farther up the mountain than me to keep going and to encourage those that are behind me to keep going, to encourage you to seek the Lord with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind. Seek Him. Invest in spending time with Him. His investments pay off. If you invest in Jesus, it will pay off. And it's not that we're looking for a payout. It's that we are looking to be able to bring Him the glory that He is due, and only the revelation of the Holy Spirit can bring this. So you need a revelation, and you can only get it from the Holy Spirit. All these other things that you're listening to, that you're reading, that you're watching, the, these prophetic words that are on the, the internet, these big-name preachers that you're listening to, yes, they can help you, but their words are really only encouraging your soul. The anointing is for your spirit because God did not make us to minister out of our souls because that would be soulish. He's called us, as Paul said, to minister out of his spirit. So we've got the lampstand that represents the word of God. The word of God is going to begin to open up to you. Worship before you open the word of God. Spend some time in prayer. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. Get your revelation directly from the Holy Spirit. And then go to the word of God that confirms what the Holy Spirit's telling you. And then next we go to the table of showbread. This is where we gain intimacy with Christ. This is where the, the level of revelation of who Jesus is, of the bridegroom and the bride, this is where it's at. This is where we become one with him. Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. What was he talking about? Get a greater revelation of who I am. This will feed you. My words are spirit and they are life. My blood is life. So drink my blood, eat my flesh, get a greater revelation of who I am. Now, as a result of all this, as a result of our, our revelation and our anointing increasing all the way from the beginning of the tabernacle, now we take that cup of incense and we take it to the altar of incense. And you remember earlier I said, we don't leave the cross behind. We take it with us. We don't leave the altar behind. This is where we prove that because the altar of incense holds hot coals upon it, and those hot coals are the same coals that were on the altar out front that consumed the sacrifice. The same God who is a consuming fire that consumed the sacrifice of Jesus, that same revelation is the same consuming fire that empowers our worship and our praise to go to a higher level. And where is this higher level going? It's taking us into the Holy of Holies. It's taking us deep into our Father's heart, deep into His presence. The writer of Hebrews says, approach the throne of grace with boldness, knowing that there has been a sacrifice made for you boldly with the, the blood of the Lamb of God come into the throne room. The throne room is where the glory dwells. And this is where I'm going to end five times in the Old Testament. It says that the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In Micah it says uh, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory as the waters cover the sea. Where does this glory come from? It comes from 
the greater anointing resting upon the saints, resting upon the church, resting upon the bride. Where does this anointing come from? It comes from revelation that she receives from the Holy Spirit of who Jesus is and who she is in him. So friends, I want to encourage you, seek the Lord while he can be found. God is raising up a church. The Lord told me a while back, those who are taking um, authority in, in political offices that I have not appointed them to, they are taking these, these places unjustly. He says, I do not recognize their authority and I'm giving their authority unto the church. So there's a greater level of authority coming to the church. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit and power upon the church to fill the earth with the glory of God in the last days. I love you. I thank you for listening in. Send me your prayer requests. Let me cry out for you. Let me take your needs before the throne. Until then, worship the Lamb fellowship with the Holy Spirit and be filled with the love of the Father and watch it change your life. I promise, I guarantee it. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. I bless you to be overcomers and more than conquerors in Jesus' name. Thank you, friend, for tuning in. I love you.